Live from Cool Boys Central. You're the boss down there. I'm boss up here. From bat tips to bat nips, <laughs> we are just cool boys revisiting Batman, the animated series, and wearing hats. <laughs> this is Batman and Beyond, a cool boys podcast. I see Batman and Beyond. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to another installment of Batman and Beyond, a Cool Boys podcast. I'm Ballard. And I'm Steve. Uh. So cool, Steve. (laughs) Tonight's episode is The Man Who Killed... Batman. Ooh, that voice means something. Mm-hmm. What does that? What does that voice mean? That voice means Bruce W. Tim directed it, and Paul Denny wrote it. Now, Steve, we discussed this before. Uh-huh. What does the W and Bruce W. Tim stand for? And I still don't remember. What is it? Walter. Maybe next time I'll remember. The next time he writes, or next time he directs, next time he shows up, Steve. This episode came out on February first, nineteen ninety-three, and this week's villains are the Joker, Harley Quinn, and Rupert Thorne. Mm. Steve, what does Wikipedia say? Oh, don't you want to read it because you think your voice is so nice? Because my voice is like fucking velvet honey on your soul. Mm-hmm. You're so hot. Oh, I could read it nice. Here, let me let me put on my broadcasting voice. Honestly. <clears throat> when small-time gang member Sydney, the squid, debris, seemingly kills Batman by accident, he gets involved with gangs all over Gotham, as well as the Joker and Rupert Thorne none of whom believe his story that everything that is happening is by pre- preposterous happenstance. Wow, that's your lawyer voice. Did you like it? Did you like my uh, professional broadcasting voice? No. No? I, I think we'll use my whiny nerd voice Ugh. continuing <laughs> from this point on. Uh, but when we have, like, if anybody ever wants to, to email, let us know who should... Cool Boy uh, Nation... Tell us who you like more. Not like more. To who should read the... Who should read? Cool Boy Nation, who should read? Especially now, after that obnoxious voice. Hey, Scoop! I think you'll hurt your voice if you just keep talking like that. That's my natural voice. How dare you? What's this voice, then? What's this voice? What's this one? What's this voice? Oh, no. What's this voice? Oh, no. What what have I done? Have I broken you already? What's this voice? What's this one? You were just telling me off air that this that all these uh, actors or people involved on the show really enjoyed this episode, and I didn't realize that. But I I really uh, thought this was a fun one. You know, it's more just in terms of uh, once again, I guess like uh, Paul Denny and Bruce Tim are just kind of like having fun in that playground instead of writing like a serious episode it seems like most like the time when they get involved they're just like having fun playing with this uh all the characters and seeing what they can do in terms of uh storytelling 
And I, I enjoyed, like, seeing, like, it felt to be very film noir. It starts off with this rainy, uh, you know, it's pouring rain outside, and you have no idea who this person is that's just running uh, for safety, and he's, like, trying to pound on the door for safety. And, um, you know, from there, it's the, the classic flashback. So, you know, so I, I thought all of the, and then you see as he's running, there's this headline that says Batman slain. So from, you know, Sid, the squid's perspective, you th- it looked like Batman died because that's who was telling the story. You know, so that's what's always kind of interesting. You know, so he's telling the story. And so it seems like everything's working out for him. But we're not seeing the other side. We're not seeing Batman's side. We're not seeing when Batman rescues him from Joker or, or whatnot, you know. Yeah, it would be interesting. So one of my favorite things in storytelling um, is is done really well, in my opinion, in uh, the film Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. (laughs) I realize it's probably done in the book, too. I didn't read it, okay? (laughs) But I've seen the movie. And when you have that moment where you kind of see – What? Who who directed that one? Not Alfonso Cuaron. Alfonso Cuaron. Cuaron? The third one. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when you you see, like, a movie essentially, like – play out in its in its finality right or a storyline play out in its finality and then all of a sudden you kind of go backwards and you re-see events you watched in a, di- a different form from a different perspective right not not Rashomon right not that not that not talking about a movie that's like vantage point right it's multiple perspectives of the same event that occurs throughout the whole film I don't mean that I mean like one narrative and then it, and then you go and you see how maybe one particular character or group of characters saw that narrative from another perspective. Okay, I think that's something we're going to get in Avengers and uh, Avengers Endgame. Not to get too much into Marvel, I think that's going to be a big part of Avengers Endgame is reviewing the events of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe from a new perspective, having encountered and dealt with the events of Thanos and the snap from Infinity War. Okay, spoiler alert. I'm sorry, spoiler alert. But I, I, I kind of want that in this episode. Like, I did want that a little bit at the end. Like, I kind of wanted to go back, and now that you knew – spoiler alert for this episode, right? <laughs> Batman has been saving Sid the Squid this whole time. Um, I kind of wanted to see that. Like, I kind of wanted to see, like, what, how he did that when he did it. Um, that would have been really cool. I really like the, 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 the framing device here of – having Rupert Thorne be the one that's told the story by Sid of how Batman died and how the, the events occurred that led up to Sid coming in the door of Rupert Thorne's home. Um, and then, really, the ending of the episode is just playing out the original crime you watch from the beginning of the episode. So you, you kind of... The reason why Sid is hired and the, the, the gangsters are hired for the robbery, you kind of... It, 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 the, the, the result, the resolution of it plays out at, at Rupert Thorne's home with Batman and, and so forth. And that, that's really cool. That is really um, amazing. It's really an incredibly great standalone episode because of that, the way they use Sid. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I thought it was good storytelling. And you're seeing, again, how Batman is this uh, good crime fighter. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to use that term more often than not. I really like the term crime fighter than vigilante like for batman for his character like because I, I feel like vigilante is almost more of a of a, a negative connotation right obviously it's like supposed kind to be, of, yeah yeah um even though i would say batman in his early days is a vigilante you know i don't i think but at this point in the series he's 
he's really moved into crime fighting. And I feel like well, the, the distinction police. there is the the police. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Commissioner Gordon working with Batman and all that type of yeah. stuff. And so Harvey he's, he's created being more a comfortable with. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Harvey be more comfortable with Batman. Oh, yeah. Batman. I mean, they actually show Bullock uh, cr- you know, kind of getting upset after they, they think Batman died. In this mm-hmm. episode, so the the effects of you see that sort of uh, wonderful life sort of thing, right? You do, and and what's interesting is that only two episodes ago, you know, Harvey essentially just throws all this kind of shit on Batman for potentially killing Gordon, and and that's really just Harvey kind of always having issues within himself, his own struggle, his own internal struggle, and it's and it's shown in those moments when he like kind of bitches at Batman about really what Harvey was incapable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you find out when when Batman dies, Harvey Harvey actually does care. Did you like the death? The death of uh, Batman? You know, watching it as told, it definitely would seem like Batman died, I would say. I don't know. There's a lot of cutaways to, like, <laughs> POV shots of, of whatever of falling and, and then just nothing. And then it well, it seemed like, like uh, the Joker has died from worse and didn't die. Yeah, well, he because he has the cape and the cow, you know, so it's like, it seems like good evidence. So yeah, we're in the second act now. I, I love this uh, that they take him to a bar and that there's like this, these guys wrestling, arm wrestling or something. I think it's the same bar that's in Almost Got Him, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just the criminal bar that that yeah. they all go to. And he's like, if you kill Batman, you know, that this is like what sort of. Uh, what sort of mentality is that? The, the, the king of the hill sort of mentality? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's like the Deadwood mentality. It's like <laughs> practically everyone in Deadwood, right? Well, if you killed him and I kill you, that means that I'm the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's this great bar fight. I, I love the little little joke with the uh, bartender who obviously doesn't care about them. Yeah, fighting. he's seen it all before. <laughs> and There's then nothing he, new here. And then he just pushes the his own like little dish onto somebody that that's fallen. Yeah, his dish of nuts smiles. or popcorn. Yeah, yeah he's naughty. Yeah. He's so. I mean, as expected, right? If you go into a bar full of mobsters, <laughs> you hope the bartender's a bad guy too, kind of. And he ends up being as much. He's a naughty boy. I thought that was a nice little joke. There's that. That was the kind of thing that I thought was fun in this. Was just that they were having fun with the episode. You know, nice little humor. Mm-hmm. The uh, what I thought next was interesting when they when they have. Uh, Har- uh, Harley dressed up as an attorney and she bails out. Uh... I don't get that at all. Okay, so like, okay, so to be clear, Harley shows up. I can't remember the episode. And, and she shows up to. I think it's the episode where Joker's got the guy's uh, ID. And, um, and he, he's kind of threatening that one guy. Anyway, so he goes to a police ball. And he has hardly show up as a police officer stripper, right? Like a cop stripper with a giant cake, right? Isn't Joker in the cake or something? He releases gas or something on the guys. Uh-huh. But he has some guy. Fuck, I can't remember his name. Uh, what the fuck was the episode? Uh, Joker's favor. Yeah, Joker's favor. Yes, with Charles. Another. Post. Uh, what was his? Uh, Charles Collins or something like that. Charlie yes. Collins. Charlie Collins. Okay. So it was Charlie Collins, right? Joker goes in there. He has a Harley, essentially, as a, as a, as a cop stripper, as a hottie police officer. And so no one recognizes her without her makeup Harley on Quinn. then. Oh, was it? That's right. It was the first episode of Harley Quinn. So nobody recognizes her without her makeup on there. She's in a room full of cops, okay? Uh-huh. No one recognizes her there. 
So it makes sense that she could stroll in as a you know an, as a lawyer and nobody would recognize her. Mm-hmm. But then she goes and uses her fucking real name, Harlene Quinzel. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking to myself, at no point would she uh, anybody at this you know uh, uh, police uh, department would not be like, wait a second, that's well, obviously like- a known criminal. You know Harley Quinn, who runs with the Joker, like that was weird to me. I thought that was a Bullock odd. does say like you look familiar. It's just that she's right, not wearing because all he's that the one makeup. who interacts with her as haughty police officer. Remember, he like puts his leg to try to like rub, like sexually tries to harass her. Oh, I remember put his leg on her, but he and she kicks. I him. thought he was saying that she looked familiar because of I guess of that or just that you know Harley they've seen Harley Quinn before. Well, they didn't recognize Harley Quinn, quote unquote, when she came in as a haughty police officer. So I just assume he's quote unquote recognizes her because he he's seen literally this blonde before mm-hmm. but it was weird that she used her name but i like how the joker you know is pissed off he's jealous for of sid bails him out is he, he just, jealous or is he like heartbroken i think he's well i mean start uh, he tries to shake his hand with the, t- the tack and you know he's he's he i i would say i thought heartbroken i read heartbroken from it because he even he goes he goes the man who killed Batman. Like, you can't even get through saying killed. Like, it's like... I think he like, wanted so to kill Batman. Uh, you know, I, I I think he... No, he doesn't. He doesn't want to kill Batman. I mean, that that's how I interpret it, at least. You know, th- like I said before, that he wants to be the one to, to kill him. I don't know if he wants to be the one to kill him. I think he likes... He, he, he loves Batman. He likes, I, like, I think he likes power flexing, that he wants to kill Batman, but then he isn't the one that well, really f- wants to do it. I feel like in this episode, they also kind of confirm when... Joker's giving his eulogy that Batman was the one that caused him to to um you know have his uh, face be like it is or whatever. Oh yeah, I thought that was kind of like a like um a hint or an homage to the Tim Burton origin. Well, the Killing Joke did it first actually, but Tim Burton took it from the Killing Joke and then put it in his movie. And this is more of a almost like a weird pseudo sequel from the the Tim Burton series. They like I feel like because of those series, the movies were out in in the public's mind, and especially yeah. children, you know, that had seen it or whatever. That that it didn't make sense for them to like go against the grain. So when they they didn't need to reintroduce Joker when the Joker, everybody knows who he is, you know, from from him. And the same thing with the Penguin, and the same with Catwoman. They didn't need to like just do some origin stories with them because mm-hmm. they, everybody knew who they were. But everybody else, they basically had to do origin stories for. Yeah, because they they weren't as fresh in the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Like if they had yeah. already, I, you know. But who knows? Um, I I thought that uh, it did though. It was interesting that they confirmed that uh, Batman was the cause of it because I, I that was just kind of ambiguous. I felt like you never really know uh, what story they're going with. The, the, the story in the comics has always changed. They they keep retconning it and, and whatnot. So it's always like a different different thing. Did they actually confirm it in this episode that he that Batman did it here at Ace Chemical? I thought it was alluded. Well, I thought that he was basically like he caused the like I, I, yeah I could turn on the volume, uh, but I thought that he says like here that uh, he caused my injuries and so I always want that's why he's like holds this vendetta against him. He's like and uh, so uh, it w- it was pretty strongly alluded to. From the man who made me the happy soul I am today. Yeah, and he was, you know, that to me is the the illusion of him. 
that he that he created the created the Joker. You know, I I like that line at the end with the Joker uh, after he dumps Sid down the acid. He's like, "Well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese?" I thought, I, that's so fucked up too. It's like Joker has a funeral and an execution <laughs> all at the same time, and then he's just like, "Yeah, goes out for Chinese food." <laughs> Classic. I did like that line. I thought that was funny, and I, and I wrote it down. Who's for Chinese? Well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? It was just, like, so casual. So I thought that was funny, just how uh, he delivered it. Um, but I did feel like this was a direct connection to Joker, because if someone else was the one to kill Batman, then, Batman, then the Joker's going to kill that person. It starts being a Joker episode, like, what, like, halfway through the second act? When Harleen Quinzel shows up as a lawyer, and then it just ends, and Joker kind of just lets him be because he's just like, "All right, well, we killed Sid. Let's go for Chinese, like you mentioned." And then it's just like, and it's like, and then I like, you know, I I stumbled, you know, out of a drain pipe or whatever, and like, I and the and the lid flew off for no fucking reason. I was fine, and Rupert Thorne's all like. Well, you're a you're gonna get me. You're 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 too smart. You you're uh-huh. too smart there, Sid. And that felt forced. Okay. So the Rupert Thorne ending, I I like how this story naturally kind of comes back to that and like plays out the 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 investigation essentially, right? But it's it's weird how Joker just disappears and then and then like and and then it's like and Rupert Thorne was the bad guy all along. It's like so Joker just got away with everything in this episode. He didn't, no, there's no punishment to Joker at all. Well, yeah. I mean, generally, the Joker kind of gets away, isn't that? Even when he dies, the, no. But this time he gets away for Chinese food. Like he doesn't get away because like the shark's his friend technically, and that's why the shark didn't eat him. There's been know? other episodes. Or, what about the last episode? Uh, almost got him. He he just got away at the end, didn't he? Just get disappear. No, he gets arrested. I thought. Does he? Yeah, I could have sworn he got arrested uh, at the end of uh, Almost Got Him. All right. So what? how many boys would you give this one? I would give it a 4.5 out of 5 boys. Well, I gave it 5, 5 boys. Okay, nice. And I'm not going to go into a long explanation, but I enjoyed it. Why not? It. What? Why not? You didn't discuss why you liked it at all while we were watching. I did it. I thought it was obvious. Yeah, I kind of like when we don't get into long, long explanations about our, our boys honestly because mm-hmm. it's kind of like we well you don't need to do that we just spent 20 minutes talking about why we liked it or didn't like it mm-hmm. but if there's ever like a good way to conclusify your your statements then I'm always down for that um conclusify you like that totally made it up I should have said conclude but I didn't want to I said conclusify testify testify alright great bad stuff mm-hmm. alright cool boy nation Tune in next week, same Cool Bat time, same Cool Bat channel. Cool Boy Bat Nation, be sure to let us bat know what you bat thought of The Man Who Killed Batman, or what your favorite bat episode is by bat emailing us at batmanandbeyondcoolboys at gmail.com. New episodes come out every Tuesday. 
Also, please check out our other great Cool Boy Central content with the Cool Boys podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Cool Boys. Also, review us on iTunes. You can donate to us on Patreon. It only costs a buck, and you will receive special access to content too hot to air. You can find the Cool Boys on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Cool Boy Bat Nation. Until next time, it's Bizies from Ballard. And Bizies from Steven. So cool. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah. Batman. And beyond.